Thanks for tuning in to Freedom House Podcast. We're always encouraged to know God is working through this church as we change our world one life at a time. We'd love to stay connected with you by following us on social media at Freedom House OC, as well as our YouTube channel. Let's listen in on today's message. Come on, I feel it. Let's just pray real quick. Father in heaven, we thank you. We do need you. We do need you. We need you more than ever before. Not because we got through 2020, just because we always need you more. So we pray, Father, right now, Lord, that your spirit just drop on us, your presence. Father, may we be present in your presence and may we feel your presence in a tangible way. And may you speak to us, Lord, on this last Sunday of 2020 to set us up for what's next, what's more. We want to finish this year strong, Lord. So give us a word, give us strength, raise our faith, empower us, Lord, to be the, the, the men and women of God that you have called us to be, Jesus. We love you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. We worship you in Jesus' name. Everybody says amen. Come on, give God a hand clap. You can type amen if you're online as well. I'm going to say it one more time, Merry Christmas. Come on, I don't want Christmas to end. Merry Christmas, everybody. <laughs> you can go ahead and do that. Go ahead and tell somebody Merry Christmas. It feels good. It feels good. And then you can sit down. I'll tell you to stand up in a little bit. But welcome, everybody. I'm Pastor Louie. I'm the Fullerton Campus Pastor. And uh, such a joy just to be here with you. We just got to celebrate Christmas uh, on Christmas Day, the birth of our Lord and Savior, Jesus. Because Jesus is the reason for the season. Come on, somebody. So... Super excited for that, and um, you know, super excited I get to come on here and um, deliver the last message, the last Sunday message of 2020 to you all. It's definitely an honor that I do not take lightly. So you know, I honor my pastors, Pastor Sai, Pastor Me. Don't we have some amazing lead pastors? I love them so much. I honor them uh, for them believing in me and my wife and my family. You know, we're a ministry family and, and you know, I honor my wife. She's here sitting in the front row and my kids are, are serving. I always do this. Honor is one of our core values. You wonder like, why is Pastor Louie always honor people? It's because it's one of our core values here at Freedom House Church. You will never receive of what you don't honor. So I, I, I practice that principle all the time. We, we teach it all the time and you know, our directors know it, our leaders know it, our old pastoral team knows it. And, and, and honor is always, always something that uh, unlocks uh, doors that nothing else can. So if you ever, if you can learn anything from me, is, is just honor. Honor. Every one of you have an anointing on your life. And, uh, you know, when you honor the anointing of the person to the left of you, to the right of you, to those that, that lead you, to those that you lead, you will always be able to receive what God wants to give you through them. Can I get an amen on that? So we honor our lead pastors. They're amazing. They've done so amazing too, especially as they've, they've led us through this time, through 2020, because it's been a crazy and hectic 2020. Uh, so we honor them. I honor my, I'm a family. I love my family. They empower me to do what I do. When I'm up here, I'm not here by myself. And we definitely honor the house of God. Come on. Thank you guys that you're here, logged online. We honor the word. Um, honor you guys for being here, most definitely, on the last Sunday of the year. So uh, super excited again. Uh, like I said, Christmas is, is something that I don't like ending, you know, <laughs> like I love Christmas. I wish it could be longer. It's so much fun. I love the Christmas trees. I love all that. Um, you know, this Christmas, I don't know about you, but I had a great Christmas. I know some of our Christmases look different for a lot of us. It was quarantined. It was locked down, what have you. But did y'all have a good Christmas? 
Come on, y'all have, what you guys, if you're online, tell us what you got for Christmas, if you got blessed. I got blessed with some cool he headphones and uh, a, a beanie, like I wanted a beanie uh, that I got of, uh, of my football team, the 49ers. I know I'm just, I'm just talking with you right now. And we won yesterday. I, it was, I was like, it was awesome. We won yesterday. We haven't been doing too well. And uh, I was trying to do the, the message during it. My wife actually came out and she's like, how come you're working on the message? Because I'm too distracted. I got to watch the game. I got to wait till after. <laughs> so I had to discipline myself. Like, okay, I'm going to do it right after. But, uh, but I had a good Christmas. It was amazing. I had a lot of, a lot of food, a lot of tamales. And I know Christmas is over. Uh, but before we end it, I do want to jump back into the Christmas story today because, uh, and then also some added scripture because I believe there's some things that we can learn from the Christmas story that, that can set us up for what's next. Um, actually, my message, uh, you're going to see, some of you got the notes. If you don't have the notes, our ushers will get that to you, but uh, they're going to put it up online for you as well. But the message that I'm giving to you today, I was in prayer just asking God, what do you want me to share? And I just really felt an unction just to share a couple things that I learned in this season that's not only for this season, but for every season that should help you as we get into 2021. So we're going to jump into the Christmas story, and then I'm going to read another <clears throat> piece of scripture to you out of, a, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, out of the book of Joshua, okay? I know this has been a, a, a season of up, ups and downs, but let me just read you this scripture to you. Romans 8, 28, and I want to encourage you. And we know that all things work together for good to those that love God and to those who are called according to his purpose. So everything that went on this year, okay, it's all going to be worked out for you good. Can I get an amen on that? It's all going to be worked out for you good. You may have not seen that good worked out yet, but the good is coming. The good is coming because that is how God works. When God is in control, it all works out for you good. How we feel, because I know some of us feel like, man, this 2020 was rough. It was crazy. You know, some of you are still sad or depressed about it, but I'm here to get, bring, bring you and let you know that there is joy coming from it. There's strength coming from it. And also let you know how we feel doesn't determine how God reveals. How we feel does not determine how God reveals. Because God's going to reveal himself to you and to me in a very specific way, regardless of how we feel. Because I've been in many, as a pastor, I've been in conversations about like, man, I, sometimes I wonder, you know, is God is, is even working? Is he even here? I'm starting to doubt God. My faith in God, I, I don't know, because of this 2020, I see people being affected with the, with the, the, the COVID and then some of them being very badly affected. Some people being affected just by the season because they lost their jobs or, or uh, uh, small businesses have gone under or, uh, or, or what have you. Just things have just changed and, and, and they start wondering. But how we feel does not determine how God reveals. And God is, is revealing himself if we just look in the right place. And he will continue to reveal himself in the manner that he wishes to reveal himself because that is who God is. God is faithful. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. So we can always know God is going to show up in some form or fashion to us. So today's message for you, I believe, is going to help and encourage you as we go into that 2021. What I've learned in 2020 can be found in these scriptures that we're about to read right now. So with that in mind, let's jump into the scriptures. We're going to jump into the Christmas story, which is out of Matthew chapter 2, verse 9 through 12. I'm going to pull out of those scriptures. But before we do, the context of what we're jumping into 
is the, the story of Christmas and the portion where some men who were called wise were following a star and they find Jesus. And what I want us to grab from this is what they did when they found Jesus. All right, I talked a little bit about honor and told you that's one of our core values. So let's stand in honor of reading of God's word. If you're at home, I invite you to stand as well. And let's read these scriptures. They're going to put it up on the screens for you. The, back, the, the Bible says in Matthew 2, 9 through 12, it says, When they heard the king, they departed. And behold, the star which they had seen in the east went before them till it came and stood over where the young child was, the young child being Jesus. And when they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceedingly great joy. And when they had come into the house, they saw the young child with Mary, his mother, and fell down and worshiped him. So when they came into the house, they saw Jesus. They were now present in his presence and they decided to say, hey, I'm going to worship him. They fell down and worshiped. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented gifts to him, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Then being divinely warned in a dream that they should not return to Herod, they departed for their own country another way. Now Herod uh, was, was king at that time, and they actually, Herod was trying to manipulate them to find Jesus so that he could kill Jesus. So they got a warning not to go back to King Herod because, uh, you know, the... the unction of the Holy Spirit told them, hey, don't go back there because, you know, for whatever reason, Herod was trying to manipulate you so they can, so that he can get to Jesus and kill him. So they were warned not to go back to him. So that's what that is in reference to. Now, in these next set of scriptures, like I said, I'm going to be talking to you out of the book of Joshua. Uh, Joshua was a man that was leading the people of Israel into promise or into blessing. Come on, how many of you want a blessing? I know I do. I'm raising my hand. He too was confronted with the presence of God as well. And what he did in the presence of God, we can also pull from and learn from on what to do in the presence of God in different seasons in life. Because these men, these wise men and Joshua were in different seasons of life. But in all these seasons, what they did in the presence of God helped guide them through it. So we're reading out of Joshua 5, 13 through 15. It says, And it came to pass when Joshua was by Jericho that he lifted his eyes and looked, and behold, a man stood opposite him with his sword in, drawn in his hand. And Joshua went to him and, went to, and said to him, Are you for us or for our adversaries? So he said, No, but as commander of, of the army of the Lord, I have now come. Let me stop right there. This is what you call a Christophany a picture of Jesus in the Old Testament, okay? So he was in the presence of, uh, of Jesus, uh, in the presence of God there with Joshua. And Joshua was asking him, who are you? And then G, uh, the, the, the commander, he says, I'm the commander of the Lord's army. I have now come. And I, I love it because Joshua gave him a question. He says, are you for that team? Are you for my team? Or what team are you for? Who are you for? What's going on? And then this, this uh, Christophany, Jesus, the presence of God, says to him, I'm the commander of the Lord's army. I have now come. He first says no, and then he says, I have come. And I think what the most important part there is that God has come. And I'm here to tell you that God has come. He is here. He is not absent. He did not leave. He has been here. He has always been through. He's been through every single thing that you have gone through in 2020. The layoffs, the disappointments. Come on. Everything that you've gone through, he has been with you. He is here and he has come. And that is all that matters. Because when he is here, he works it all out 
for the good of his people that love him, that love him and are called according to his purpose. Let me finish reading this. And Joshua fell on his face in the presence of God. He fell on his face to the earth and worshiped and said to him, what does my Lord say to his servant? Then the commander of the Lord's army said to Joshua, take your sandal off your foot for the place where you're standing is holy. And Joshua did so. The title of my message is called Lessons Learned. Lessons Learned. Let's pray. Father in heaven, I thank you for your word, your scriptures, how they teach, how they illuminate how they reveal things to us that we never even seen before, no matter how many times that we have read it, Lord. We thank you that, that even though 2020 was rough, Lord, you have always been there. You were there every step of the way to carry us, to heal us, to restore us, to provide for us. We thank you, Lord. We put you at the center of this message, Father. May you continue to speak to us on this last Sunday of the year. Use me, Lord, not my lips, but your lips, not my tongue, but your tongue, not my will, but your will. May your word go out, and as your word say, says, not return void, because that's what it does. It does not return void. May it go out in power and be effective for the believer, for the person. Listen to what is coming across on the other side, Lord. We love you, Lord. We put you at the center. In Jesus' name, everybody says amen. Come on, give God a hand clap. You can go ahead and sit down. If you're at home, go ahead and sit down. Get back to your cereal, your, your whatever, your French toast. My, my wife made some bomb French toast the other day. It was so good. I love my wife's French toast. But um, um, again, uh, welcome on this last Sunday of 2020. You know, the Christmas story, as we read it here, these two portions of the scripture with Joshua and in the Christmas story, you read about the wise men who follow a star and they were following the star for a specific purpose um, because according to the word of God, it was leading them to Jesus. They are following a prophetic word. They were following a prophetic word to get to Jesus, the savior of the world. That's where they, what they knew they were going after. That was the purpose was to get there. But not only that was to get to Jesus, the specific purpose for them was to worship him. Because in the, in the Bible, in Matthew chapter 2, verse 2, it says, saying, where, he, where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and have come to worship him. So they were not just seeking him, they, they, just to say, hello, Jesus, or, or what have you, or give him a high five, you know, or, what, or just to, whatever, whatever. They were seeking him to worship him because they knew who he was and who was he to become. That was the purpose of these men. So their only ambition was to find Jesus, which I find very intriguing. I was like, I never thought like, if you know that this is Jesus, God in the flesh, right? Like, why wouldn't you seek him for more than just worship? Like, I, I, I know that sounds sacrilegious coming from a pastor, excuse me, but there's humanity to all of us. And, and I seem to wonder like, why wouldn't they go and just, Go, not, I, I get it. They got to worship him. That's what they have to do. But why wouldn't they ask him different things as well when they're there in his presence? Why wouldn't they say, say, hey, Lord, would you bless me? Lord, would you do this for me? Lord, I know you're the savior of the world. You're Jesus, the savior of the world. We, we're wise. We know that. Why won't you do for, for us these things? Why, why won't you, uh, uh, you know, Come and, and take care of the mess that's going on in my family because my family's crazy. My rel relatives, my aunts and uncles, my tios and tias, like, man, you, you got you to gotta fix that, you know? But they came with no selfish ambition. They came with no, uh, um, their own desire for, for Jesus to do something for them. 
it leaves me wondering, and, and maybe they just knew something that, that we all uh, didn't know, or maybe they knew something, perhaps, like, maybe they knew something like what Joshua knew. In the story of Joshua, I was talking about Joshua. He was, he was a man of God. He came into a season in his life which was very challenging. He came into a season where he was now to be a leader. He was just to step into something brand new. He was to step into leading the people of Israel who just came out of the wilderness into a place of, of promise. But as he stepped into that, it was hard. It was a tough season because the reason he stepped into that is because he lost something. He lost his mentor. He lost his leader. He lost his teacher, his pastor. He, his, his, Moses, who was uh, the one that was leading him, who was teaching him, who was pastoring him, who was developing him, who was discipling him, he had passed away. And now he was to be left in charge to take over the leadership of the people of Israel who came out of slavery from Egypt. Joshua was stepping into something that was brand new for him that, that you know, he never had to deal with. Something brand new for him that was possibly in his eyes because when I look at the scriptures, I always look at the humanity side of things was probably unexpected. He's like, no, not Moses. He's not supposed to pass away. He's supposed to live for a little bit longer. He's, he's actually the one that was supposed to take us into the promised land, but you know, you know, Moses you know, disobeyed and, and, and that kept him from going into the promised land. But I can only imagine Joshua just thinking like, man, like this is not, I'm not supposed to step into this. This is something new. This is something different. Kind of like 2020, it's something new, it's something different. We all came with our January 2020 resolutions about I'm going to lose this, I'm going to gain this, I'm going I'm to accrue this amount of money, I'm going to make sure that our family spends you know, um, you know, this uh, on that or more family time or, or less time at, at work or what have you, I don't know. We all came with different ambitions, with different goals and then the COVID hit. The COVID make it sound all like it's, a, like it's an evil villain in, in a movie or something. COVID hit. And it just it disrupts everything. And one thing I know about 2020 and COVID is that nobody knew about it. Um, or, or nobody knew how to handle it. Everybody had opinions about it on what you should do, what you should not do. But nobody knew it was brand new to every single one of us. We've all had to deal with something that was different something that was new, something that was unplanned, something that was messing up our plans, something that was messing with like, no, this is our plan. And for some of you that, that are so, you know, uh, um, I, I forget what the word is, but, but so focused and, and, and so determined, like, no, things got to be in a certain order, in a certain way. I know it messed with you a lot. Some of you are a little bit more flexible, you know, call you, you know, you know, pliable. You're like, okay, I have to go with the flow. I got to make sure this is good. And, and it was still hard for you. You handled it in a different way, but, but you were able to move with it. You were able to, to, to adapt to it. You were able to, to get through it. 2020 has made it very difficult to know what to do. Just like in this instance for Joshua, it made it very difficult for him to know what to do. It wasn't a smooth transition for him. It wasn't a smooth transition for us. Because for many of us, we were faced with the, the, the question of wearing a mask or not wearing a mask. 
people losing their jobs around us, or maybe you lost your job yourself, or maybe, or maybe you just uh, faced with the social injustice that also that took place in 2020, which caused a lot of, of tensions to rise and frustrations to, to be manifested amongst people, whether it be on social media or through text messages or through just conversations with, with people. And then we had to deal with the lockdowns and the protests, all those things. All those things came about. Or how about this, schooling from home, you know, for your moms or your dads to stay at home. And then you had to school from home, but then you also had to work from home. You had to deal with all those things. These are all, this is a season though that's going to end because seasons come and go. And that's what the Bible tells us. So this is not something that's going to last forever. But the presence of God, as we're talking about the presence of God, will always remain, no matter what season it is. And how we respond in the seasons as we get into the presence of God is is what's going to determine how we get out of that season. It's what's going to determine that what's going to give direction to our life. Whether it be directly or indirectly, it has affected us all. A year like this affects everybody at every level, no matter what. So what's the first lesson that I learned? The first lesson that I learned is this, which brings me to my first point. I must get into the presence of God. Joshua, the wise men, what they have in common, they got into the presence of God. They were in the presence of God. Matthew 2.11 says, And when they had come into the house, they saw the young child with Mary, his mother, and fell down and worshipped him. So the presence of God, he's omnipresent, so he's everywhere. But there's, there's moments where we are present in the presence of God. And that's exactly what I'm talking about. Moments of worship, corporate worship, uh, like this, when we do the praise and worship, that's a moment of being present in the presence of God. But this is not where it starts and where it ends. We as believers must carry it forward with our own time with God, getting present in the presence of God, because the presence of God is always there. So we have to know how to respond in the presence of God. And, and it's not always about saying, God, do this, God, do that. And there's nothing wrong with prayer and requesting things from God. But sometimes it's just about worship. And especially in this season, in 2020, and what took place, let me tell you the thing that I learned, that it's about worship. It's about just sitting in the presence of God. Joshua 5.14 said, no So he said, no, but as commander of the army of the Lord, I have now come. And Joshua fell on his face to the earth and worshiped and said to him, what does my Lord say to his servant? In hard seasons, you must be able to get into the presence of God and worship him. Go ahead and type amen in the comment right there, because that is a good place just to stop and say la. We must worship him. Being, dis- being, being the things that took place, there's so many distractions that took place uh, in this year that it pulls us from that worship. It pulls us from wanting to worship him. Joshua was in a place where he was distracted. He could have been distracted and it could have pulled him away from worshiping him. But he was stepping into something with no plan to lead the people into a promised land. He was stepping into something that he just didn't know how to navigate, just like our 2020. But just because there was no plan for it doesn't mean God God can't bring clarity through it. Just because you had no plan for 2020 or maybe you're still thinking about how 2020 is going to go, that's okay. It doesn't mean God can't bring clarity to you. 
The Bible says in Psalms 37, 23, the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord and he delights in his way. So if you look at Joshua, he was going into something he didn't have a plan for, but he knew what to do. He knew to get into the presence of God. He knew to worship God because he knew there was an order to his life. And this is where the order started. It started in the presence. The reason why Joshua, if you read the book of Joshua, you see that he leads them all into the presence, uh, all into the promised land. They get the blessing, they get the promise, they had to fight some battles, there was some tension that took place, but he was able to lead them, but this is why. This is why. I'm gonna read you a, a portion of scripture out of Exodus chapter 33, verse seven through 11. It says, Moses took his tent, this was Moses, the leader of the, the Israelite army, he took his tent and pitched it outside the camp, far from the camp, and called it the tabernacle of meeting. So the tabernacle of meeting was the place where the presence of God would show up in, in the Old Testament, and, 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 uh, and, and that's what that was. And then the, the rest of the people would camp around the tabernacle of meeting. And it came to pass that everyone who sought the Lord went out to the tabernacle meeting, which was outside the camp. So it was whenever Moses was out to the tabernacle that all the people rose and each man stood at his tent door and watched Moses until he had gone into the tabernacle. So they were watching from their own tents and seeing Moses go into the tabernacle, seeing Moses going into the presence of God. And it came to pass when Moses entered the tabernacle that the pillar of cloud descended and stood at the door of the tabernacle. The pillar of a cloud was a representation of, of the presence of God. And the Lord talked with Moses. All the people saw the pillar of the cloud standing at the tabernacle, and all the people rose and worshiped each man in his tent door. Again, so they saw the presence of God. It would be like you standing out there on the, on the shops on the other side of the street or across the street from your house, from wherever you're watching, or across the street from the building that you're in, that you're watching, and you're seeing, you're seeing what's taking place. People meeting, uh, a person meeting, Moses is meeting in the presence of God, and, and that's taking place. You're just standing on the outside looking in. Verse 11, so the Lord spoke to Moses face to face as a man speaks to his friend, and he would return to the camp, but his servant Joshua, there's, that, there's Joshua again, the servant Joshua, Joshua the son of Nun, uh, a young man, did not depart from the tabernacle. Okay, so everybody's looking from the outside in, but Joshua was near the tabernacle, he was there. Moses had left the tabernacle, but Joshua was still there. While most people were comfortable being on the outside looking in, Joshua was more comfortable with wanting to be on the inside with the presence of God. This is what set up Joshua to lead the people into the promised land. This is what set up Joshua to get the clarity and direction needed to go and fight the battles that were ahead of him was this, him being comfortable in the presence of God. This is important because Joshua, we learned that we, because from Joshua we learned that we must be comfortable in the presence of God and this is why. Because if you're not comfortable being in the presence of God, you'll never be comfortable with the leading of God. When moments, 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 this is so good, I, I love this. Moments, there's moments in our lives where we come to places of indecision, lack of clarity, and we try to get the direction of God, but sometimes it gets convoluted with a whole bunch of other things that try to distract us, so we don't exactly know, and it kind of muddies the water of what God is trying to say to us because we've never truly understood how to be in the presence of God. The more comfortable you can be as a believer in the presence of God, the more comfortable you'll be able to know how God wants to lead you. In moments of 2020, I have learned 
that, there were, that, that the years leading up to this year, moments where I've spent time with God and moments where, where there, I remember a time where me and my wife, we were living, or, or, were living with our parents and the, the, cross, the, the house was crowded. The, the, you know, we did, there wasn't a lot of space. We were like sleeping in the living room and, and I needed to get into the presence of God. So I would sneak away in, or wake up super early in the morning or, or sneak away into the bathroom because that, the bathroom was the only place where I can get into the presence of God without being distracted, without being, uh, losing focus. And I'd be in the presence of God for hours. And, 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 and I can only imagine what my in-laws or my wife and my kids were thinking, like, what's he in there for so long? But, but I was in the presence of God and I got comfortable with the presence of God. I understood the, the, the presence of God and, and, and being in there and, and understanding those things. And because I understood those things it allowed me to understand when God was leading me I didn't have a a confusion about man is God leading me in this direction five five and a half years ago when I came on staff leaving the Southern California gas company making making a a, a lot of money over there and and, you know in in upper management and, and doing really well for myself and 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 I understood the leading of God to leave there, to come over here because this is what God was calling me to and leading me to. But if I did not understand the presence of God, I don't know if I would have been led that way. This year, this year, 2020, I, don't, I didn't have a plan for it either. I'm just like you. I could be sitting on the seats right now, be hearing the message saying, amen, that's good. Because I didn't have a plan either. But because I understood the presence of God, because I was comfortable in the presence of God, I was able to follow the leading of God that told me, yeah, this is what you're going to do, Pastor Louis. This is how you're going to lead your family. This is how you lead your children. This is how you're going to lead as the Fulton Campus Pastor. This is how you're going to lead the office team. This is how you're going to lead the volunteers, your directors, and your team leads. Because I understood or I was comfortable with the presence of God. In every season, no matter what it is, 2020 is going to be gone. COVID is going to be gone. Understand this. Pastor Josiah gave an, uh, let us know. He, he gave us a, a download, a sneak peek of what the, the word is for the year, and it's awesome. This is going to help you for the word of the year. Understanding and getting in the presence of God. The same thing that they did at the first Christmas. They got in the presence of God. They got worship. And what did they get? At the end, they got clarity. Because when you're in the presence of God, you get clarity. When you're worshiping God, you get clarity. Joshua. Joshua was here and he was with, you know, he had Jesus in front of him. Like I said, it was a Christophany. And he was in the presence of God. And he told them, no, but the Lord has come. I am here. And he tells them, what do you want me to do? After that, I didn't read these scriptures, but the scriptures tell them, this is what you're going to do. You get clarity in the presence of God. But you have to get in the presence of God. You have to understand, you have to be comfortable with it because if not, then you'll never, under, uh, never get, understand the leading of God. So many things that want to distract us from the presence of God. And it happens, it happens. That, that, but, but sometimes we just got to be present. Matthew 17, 14 reads like this. It says, now after six days, Jesus took Peter, James, and John, his brother, led them up on a high mountain by themselves, and he was transfigured before them. His face had shone like the sun, and his clothes became as white as the light. And behold, Moses, Elijah, appeared to them, talking with him. Then Peter answered and said to, to Jesus, Lord, is it good for us to be here? If you wish, let us make here three tabernacles, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. Peter missed it. He was distracted. He brought his own 
ideas about what he should do instead of just being present and understanding what God wanted him to do. It's easy to get distracted, so I'm not trying to beat you up here. I get distracted at times too, but we have to recenter ourselves and focus on being present in the presence of God and being comfortable there so that he can lead us. Because if we're not comfortable with the presence of God, then we will never understand the leading of God. Point number two. This is the next thing I learned. I gotta, I gotta wrap it up. I don't have that much time, but the, the next thing that I learned. So the point number one, we must get into the presence of God. The second thing I learned from 2020 is this. It's gonna carry us over to 2021 is never stop giving. I'm not, I'm not collecting anything, okay? But never stop giving. And I'm talking about two things here. Yes, one is financially, things of that nature, uh, but never stop giving. The Bible says in Matthew 2, 11, uh, the latter half, and when they had opened their treasures, they presented gifts to him, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. So they came in and worshiped him, but they also gave to him. They gave to him. They didn't stop giving. Now, Gold, frankincense, and myrrh are all things that were of high quality, and they all represented something about Jesus. But um, the high quality of of the gold, frankincense, and myrrh um, wasn't a representation of the size of or determination of their heart. Because what you give is always going to be different than what another person gives. Okay, so, but if one's bigger than the other, and, and we don't compare things here, I'm not saying you guys are comparing, but what I'm trying to bring, bring a, a clarity when it comes to giving, it's about the size of your heart, not the size of your wallet. That's what it's about. First and foremost, though, I will say this. Everybody should be tithing. So when I talk about giving, tithing is the foundation and everything about other than that, that's, that's what you build on. You build on top of your tithing. You don't build on your occasional offering, okay? And you saw top of the tithing. I'm not going to talk about the tithing other than to say that. But the quality of your gift doesn't determine the size of your heart. The size of your heart determines the quality of your gift, Okay? So never stop giving. There's that financial thing. So when we went into 2020, the, the, for me and my wife, I don't have a, a profound testimony, and it does, it's not profound, but it's powerful. We said, uh, Pastor Josiah said, if we're going to go down as a church, then we're going to go down giving. So, hmm, that's the man of God leading. So he didn't tell me to do this, but I told my wife, this is what we're going to do. If Pastor Josiah has decided to take a stance to say that we're going to go down giving if the church goes down. But how many know the church ain't going to go down because the gates of hell shall not prevail? Amen. I told my wife, I said, then we're going to give. So we sat down and we allotted a certain amount of our budget to give extra on top of our tithe towards giving, towards the COVID, towards the relief kits and helping people and, and, and sowing into those things. And through this whole time, God has sustained us. He's provided for us. He's allowed us to, to continue to give. He's, and, we, and we even continue to give. We did the Christmas offering. We did that. Never stop giving is what I learned. Proverbs 19, 17 says, if you help the poor, you are lending to the Lord and he will repay you. So when you give, you are, you are, are not only giving to, to help people, but you are giving to sustain yourself as well. And I don't want to be ins- insensitive because I know some people lost their jobs and, and, and that's awesome. Uh, that's, that's not awesome. I'm sorry, but, but that's, I don't know why I came out that way. I apologize. And, 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 and that happened. That's what I meant to say. And that happened. But, but this is a foundational principle for uh, whoever chooses to follow the Bible. You ever wonder why some people are, are just blessed because, and, and they don't even go to church. Well, the reason 
this because they follow foundational biblical principles and they don't even know it. Anyways, uh, that's a that's squirrel right there. That's what my pastor does on squirrel. So this is a foundational principle that when you build on top of that, you build on top of that, God will make sure that he carries you, that he sustains you and provides for you. Remember, it's not about the size of your gift. It's about the size of your heart. And we all have something that we can look towards giving. Um, 2 Corinthians 9, 6 through 11, and I'm about to wrap it up in, in, in this in just a second. Remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows generously will also reap uh, generously. Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver, and God is able to bless you abundantly. And check this out, this is so encouraging, so that in all things at all times, somebody say, all things at all times, having all that you need. So that in all things, in all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work as it is written. They have freely scattered their gifts to the poor. The righteous endures forever. Now he who supplies seed to the sower, that's God, supplying seed to the sower <clears throat> or resource to the believer and bread for food, come on somebody, so he provides in those areas, will also supply and increase your store and of seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. So not only does he provide you with seed, not only he provides you just in general, but he will increase you as you as you continue to follow the principle of giving. Okay, we don't give to get. So don't 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 misconstrue what I'm trying to say here, but I'm trying to teach a principle that when you give, God uh, sustains you and he blesses you because there is a blessing that comes along with your giving. Verse 11, you will be enriched. You will be enriched in every way. Come on, somebody say in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. On every occasion. On every year. I know on 2020 year, in the COVID year, come on, on every occasion. That's what it means. Every occasion includes this year. So, and through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. Do, don't stop your generosity. Lesson number two that I learned, don't stop your generosity. Don't stop your giving. That's what's going to continue to carry you as well. The second part though, the second part towards that, that point, don't stop your giving is, is giving of yourself. Don't stop your serving. That could be point 2A if you want, uh, two, 2B if you want to put, put that there. Joshua 5.14 says, so we said no, but as commander of the army of the Lord, I have now come. And Joshua fell on his face to the earth and worshiped and said to him, these are his words, what does the Lord say to his servant? He asked him not to bless him, but to tell him what to do. What do you say to your servant? The word servant, serve, servant. Don't stop giving. I was amazed and, uh, and, and this was just a pastoral frustration of mine that in this season, the doors were closed, but the church was not. Okay, so I wanna be clear with that. The do doors were closed, but the church was not. People were leaving churches. Like, why were you leaving the church? That makes no sense. People stopped serving. They, they, they retracted themselves and said, nope. 
the other frustration too, and, and, and you know, just, just conversations is like, people will be like, well, God's leading me to do, to lead the church. Like, okay, what other church are you going to then? Oh, I'm not going to another church right now. I just, God will never, God is not a God of confusion, okay? So I can say that, I can back it up with scripture. So he'll never remove you and then leave you wandering. You will never do that. God won't tell you to, won't tell you to stop serving either. <laughs> There's certain moments where we have to, you know, step back or what have you or, or reevaluate uh, our time and, uh, and make sure that we're serving in a healthy manner. Um, but, but he's not going to do that. The Bible says that for even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give, th- give his life as a ransom for many. So you really think God's going to tell you to stop serving completely? God wouldn't tell you to do that. So please hear my heart. I'm not trying to... Uh, I can't speak to every single situation, so I'm speaking in the general sense of the word of serving and what God has called us to do. Because I know some of you might be thinking, or, or if this applies, I don't know, maybe you're not thinking, but maybe you're thinking like, oh man, well, he doesn't know what was going on in my life. I had to pull back. I get it. I understand. Every, every situation is unique. Every situation is different. I'm not trying to be insensitive, but I'm speaking in the general sense that God, he wants you to serve. He's called you to serve. I mean, he told Jesus to serve. Jesus is serving. Don't stop your serving. Never stop your giving. Uh, let me read a couple of scriptures for you when it comes to serving too. A generous person will prosper. I could also use, could have used that for the giving portion. Whoever refreshes others will be refreshed. Come on, when you serve, serve others, you will be refreshed. First Peter 4.10, if each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. Romans 12.2, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind because this world, in moments of uncertainty and, unclar- and, and lack of clarity, they're going to they're gonna try to get you to think a certain way, be a certain way, act a certain way. And, and if you do enough digging, you will always find something to qualify the decisions you make, whether they be right or wrong. This, this season... This is 2020, I mean, it was crazy with, with just the amount of opinions that were out there. Like everybody had an opinion about a, a opinion and about opinions about people's opinions. <laughs> you know, it's just, and, and so on and so forth. You could go down the line, social media, people were so vocal. Like I've never seen people so vocal in my life. It's like, this is crazy. Um, and the funny thing about it, the other, the pastoral frustration was mine is that a lot of it was believers Believers like the, the church should do this, the church should do that. What are you doing over here? What are you doing that? You have no faith. You have a lot of faith. <laughs> you know, there's some people that did do that, but uh, <clears throat> that it blew my mind just to see how many believers were like, "I'm not doing this anymore because I don't like the way the church is handling that." Like, come on, or like, I'm not going to say that. <laughs> I was about to, you were about to step into my mind. I was going to, okay, I'll say it. I was going to say, are you a believer or not? Well, come on, just believe that God is leading. That's it. Believe that God is leading. These, 
These are the things that I learned in this 2020. These are the things that I learned that will carry, that carried me through this season, that's carrying you through this season, that's going to continue to carry you in every season. Don't let the season try to tell you, oh, this season is different. This season is, 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 is special. It's unique. You know, you always, it's, <laughs> it's kind of funny because there's, you know, everyone, when new parents get, get, get a, um, you know, build their family, they have babies and stuff, they always think that their, their family is different than the other. When generally, yeah, the family dynamic is different, but, but what you're going through is not different from what a lot of families have gone through. <laughs> and, they, and you always get caught up in these conversations like, man, well, if you just were in my house, I was like, okay, I, I get it. I understand. It's funny to me, you know, it, 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 I'm sure some of you have been in those conversations, but this is kind of like uh, what the, the, the enemy tries to tell you when it comes to tough and hard seasons. This season is different. So you got to do this. This season, oh, you know, this is, is unique. It's affecting you personally. You, you got to, you know, pull from this. You got to stop your giving. You got to stop getting in the presence of God. You got you to pull back your worship. You're spending too much time at that church. You're spending too much time in this, in, in, in connect groups. You're spending too much time serving. The, you know, these seasons, the enemy will try to come and infiltrate and distract you and keep you from doing what God has called you to do. This season is no different. This season was loud, but when you understand the presence of God, you'll understand the leading of God and you'll know what to do with that. Get into the presence of God. Don't stop your giving. Don't stop your serving. Those are the things that I learned. I hope that, is, that has helped you. I hope this helps you going forward as well. So with that, what I want to do, how I want to end this message is by getting into being present in the presence of God right now. So just stand to your feet. The worship team is going to come up here. We're going to sing a little bit and we're just going to be present. And I'm going to encourage you. Don't ask God for anything other than to say, God, what do you want me to do? What are you saying to me? Those things. So with every head bowed and every eye closed, Allow me to pray over you, Father in heaven. I pray over every single person right now as we're about to be present in your presence, Lord. I pray that you speak to them with a question as they ask, what do you want me to do, Lord? What do you want your servant to do, Lord? I pray you answer them. Lord, I pray you give them clarity. Lord, I pray you give them a comfortability to be in your presence, not to be distracted by what's going on, by the notifications on their phone, through social media or Instagram or Facebook or what the score is on, on the football games right now, but to be present right now, Lord. As they ask you, Lord, speak to them. Give them clarity. And as you gave clarity to the wise men not to go back to Herod, Father, I pray you give clarity to them to tell them what's next and what step to take. For the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, the, the Word says. So order their steps now, Lord. And in the same way that you gave direction to Joshua, when he had no plan, when he fell into something new, when things just kind of disrupted his way of life, Lord, may you give them clarity to take on the, the trials, the battles, the very things that are in front of them, Father, to take a step of faith and go in the direction you would have them go, Lord. Download into them now, Lord. Thank you, Jesus, for your presence. We worship you and we sing this song unto you, Lord. Thanks for joining us today. We pray you were encouraged by this message. Show us your support by sharing your favorite podcast on social media and subscribe to our YouTube channel 
at Freedom House OC today. See you next week.